Hi, good afternoon. My name is Adam Feinberg, and you are listening to Harlem Stories. We are a podcast that specializes in Upper Manhattan. Today, we're going to be talking about title insurance with our guest, Berto, and, well, you know, I'm going to introduce him and, uh, or I'll have him introduce himself and, uh, you know, and then we'll, you know, we'll hop right into the, the exciting world of title insurance. And while it doesn't exactly sound exciting at the same time, I'm sure you can find a lot of great examples within your work that kind of makes it exciting. Absolutely. I'll try my best. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. Adam, thank you again for having me. Uh, my name is Berto. I'm the Executive Managing Director of Landing Title Services. And uh, I've been in real estate for about 13 years now, uh, two years as a broker, four years running a mortgage company, a year in credit repair, many, many years in real estate investing. And I've been in title insurance for the past seven years and currently am a, a landlord, investor, Airbnb super host, et cetera. Uh, and yes, title insurance plays a big role in a lot of this, and we'll get to that. All right. So, you know, let's get to it. What is title insurance and why is it so important? Right. Well, title insurance is a policy that protects the owner against any losses arising through title. And I don't know, we feel it's important. It's almost required. It's not required in New York um, because it's such a small percentage, right? It's let's say in a million dollar home, you're paying maybe $3,000 to protect you and your heirs for as long as you own the property. So as long as title does not change hands and you pass, you can pass that policy along to your children and not have to pay again. You'll continue to be protected. Of course, if you sell the property, no longer. If you refinance, the bank will require you get a portion of title insurance again. And if you take people off and put people back on title, that might affect it as well. Um, so you have to give those disclaimers. So if you're financing, pretty much the bank will force you to have title insurance? A hundred percent will require you to have uh, title insurance. There's two parts of title insurance. There's an owner's policy and a lender's policy. The owner's policy is paid for by the buyer and it will protect the buyer. And the lender's policy is also paid for by the buyer, but it will protect the lender. Uh, the lender's policy is required. The owner's policy, as I mentioned, is not. But I mean, out of, let's say we do a thousand transactions a year, maybe one person will forego title insurance. And an attorney in New York will literally make you sign a waiver uh, that is, uh, you know, uh, forgiving them of any fault. Like they warned you, they told you it was important. They told you these were all the benefits and you decided not to, they'll make you sign a waiver typically. So very important to do so. They, they don't want to mess around with it. They don't want the liability. Right. <laughs> of course. Awesome. So, you know, in, in terms of those, you know, how often do we see problems with title where, you know, it's significant mm-hmm. or uh, or even for that matter, insignificant? And can right. you tell us a little bit more about that. Most of the times insignificant, right? Uh, similar to health insurance, right? Or car insurance. We pay for it all the time and we rarely uh, take it, you know, use it, hopefully. Right. No one wants to be in a car accident or have right. health issues. Uh, but when things do arise, you're happy it's there. Uh, typically, all of these problems will be solved prior to closing. So we rarely have any claims. Uh, but just to give you uh, a few examples uh, that I've recently just had. Uh, so just to give you some background on the whole thing. So we do a 40-year search in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we search 40 years back to make sure there is a consecutive chain of title to make sure that the, every party that owned the property was legally allowed to sell the property for 40 years back. And we also do uh, municipal searches, meaning that we check 
uh, the fire department, the water, the sewage. Uh, we check violations. We ch uh, check permits, the certificate of occupancy, uh, and many other things. A lot of those things we provide for informational purposes only, and we provide them to the attorney so that they can decide what they'd like to do with these issues along with the buyer and seller. Uh, but some of them affect us, of course. If there's an open water bill, um, that can put a lien against the property before the mortgage, right? Or taxes, right? If there's open taxes, same thing. That can put a lien on the property before the mortgage, and the lender will not close that way uh, because, obviously, the mortgage is the most protected thing that's collateral. The home is against for, for the bank, of course. Of course. You know? um, but to give you an example, uh, recently I was working with a good broker, a friend of mine. She just posted a nice story thanking me about it, which was great. There were a few issues, and uh, some of them were not issues, and some of them were. The ones that were not issues, the attorneys were throwing up their hands saying, this is a huge problem, we can't close. Title is saying that there's open violations and they won't let us close and there's an encroachment on the survey and title won't let us close. And we had to very politely tell this attorney like, hey, you're just throwing us under the bus. <laughs> and I told my broker friend this and we replied in an email with everyone on it like, hey, these are not our problems. Like we provide this for informational purposes only. We can close with either of these issues. So fire violations, are for informational purposes only, like I said, uh, they will not uh, stop us from closing. The encroachment was interesting. There was a prior survey which showed uh, this is the lot that the owner owns. Mm -hmm. And the new survey showed uh, about a 10 inch encroachment on the property. And he's blaming title. First of all, a survey is something that we order as uh, a courtesy, right? We have a bunch of surveyor contacts. We get a request to order a survey. We reach out to a few of them. They give us quotes. We present them. You choose, right? We provide it as a courtesy. Uh, it is not, they don't belong to our company. They don't work for us. It's just a, 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 a service, right? So we get the survey and obviously we get blamed for all survey issues. Uh, <laughs> of course. Of course. And, uh, and he's saying that it's a big problem. Uh, my broker friend was able to call me. It was 7.30 p.m. on a Friday. And I was able to have my back office answer me within five minutes. The owner of my company, Stephen Seller, called me within five minutes of getting the email. Thank you, Stephen, by the way. And I was able to reply to the broker and have her and her buyers rest easy throughout the weekend. So service is a very important thing in my industry. And what Stephen had mentioned to me is that in New York City, when there is an encroachment of less than 12 inches, it is de minimis. Meaning that if I encroached on your property, Adam, and you go to sue me after closing, and let's say you go to court, but it's only a 10 inch encroachment, it will be dismissed. You and it, is that pretty common? You know, I, I see a lot of times I'll, I'll go in and I'll see, you know, this property is, is 16 feet, but it's only, you know, uh, allotted 15.6 or something like yeah. that. And you'll see a little bit of an encroachment. Yeah. Um, so is that something that we commonly, you know, uh, are, are dealing with? Yeah, you'll see it here or there because, you know, if you don't get a survey with stakes and you're building a fence, let's say, Let's say, you know, if I had built my fence in my brownstone all the way to my neighbor's fence, I would have encroached a few inches. Uh, but, you know, we, we didn't need the extra space. We would have had to dig up all those bushes and stuff. So <laughs> we, we built up to our line. Uh, so it depends on the actual uh, survey that you get. Our survey came out and put actual stakes in the actual points. And we built to that spot. Gotcha. 
And the survey is more typically done for townhouses or houses rather than condos. Yeah, of course, condo, you don't need it. Right. <laughs> you know? not, not, not much to do there service-wise, uh, survey-wise. You will need an appraisal, of course, because the bank will require that. Uh, people often confuse them or think they're similar. They're two completely different companies and two completely different services. Uh, yeah, so surveys are for commercial properties, lots of land, single family homes, multifamily homes, and brownstones, of course. Uh, it's good to have, you might not always need it, but of course, uh, you know, we recently spoke about renovations and it's good to have a survey for that as well. Right. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, title insurance, uh, you know, we, we talked about obviously townhouses and, and condos. What about co-ops? Uh, co-ops, you are just buying shares in a corporation. Uh, which is not a bad thing, right? As long as you can buy it, own it, earn equity, and sell it and make money, it's still great. Um, but it's not—it's considered not real property. Right. Do not let that deter any of your buyers because it's still you're owning something, you know, that you can sell, which is all that matters. I mean, if people can buy an NFT, they can buy a co-op, right? <laughs> NFTs, you're literally buying nothing. At least a co-op, you're buying something you can live in. Um, or at least you hope you're buying something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you get approved. And, yeah, so yeah, that's a whole process. Uh, but yeah, so title insurance is only on real properties, mm -hmm. which is anything except a co-op. Now, I, I've heard of, you know, what is it, Eagle 9 or, yeah. or product, something like that. Um, can you talk a little bit more yeah. about like... Uh, there's uh, there's there is title insurance technically for co-ops. An Eagle Nine is a specific product from First American. Other companies have things like Fidelity has one. I think Chicago might have one, and it's just uh, it's just to provide you with more protection. It usually happens when things are a little messy in the co-op. Maybe people have passed away. There's an estate sale, uh, and you know you might not know all the information and you want to have that extra coverage, we probably maybe do a handful of them a year. Yeah, I, I've, I've done a couple, you know, with those types of products. And uh, one was an estate, you know, yeah. sale. The other one, uh, apparently, as soon as they got into contract, it was a it was a divorce situation, mm -hmm. and apparently the uh, the ex husband stopped paying child support yeah. and all sorts of other bills. So as soon as they got into contract, there was apparently over forty liens by the on the property by the oh time uh, that we had tried to close, and somehow or another we pulled it off, uh, and we did wind up getting it closed. But oh but God. it did involve one of those types of products, oh, yeah. you know, for title. That's a good example to have that. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, so sometimes I'm sure you get like some crazy situations like that. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. There's been <laughs> things come up all the time. You'd be surprised. We, I, I remember a story. This wasn't us, but, you know, being in the industry, you get calls from other people and you're like, oh, my God, this crazy thing happened. Um, someone who had already passed away was selling a property to someone. You know, because people were forging their signatures and documents. It was crazy. Uh -huh. And uh, there was another story where it was in Connecticut. Someone uh, did not get title insurance. And the land apparently belonged to Native Americans. And they took the land back. And the person lost their property. Wow. So you hear all kinds of weird stuff. And who knows? It's telephone. Maybe it wasn't that bad. Right. You know, but they sound fun. <laughs> They're fun to talk about. Yeah. So can you talk about some of the challenges that you've had, you know, dealing with titles, some of those more interesting, colorful stories? Is there anything that yeah. comes to mind? Uh, well, th those two are always are always interesting. Uh, I remember there was a case where uh, 
this lady owned a, a, a three family in Brooklyn and she moved to Miami and had her cousin staying in the property in one unit, renting out the other two, managing it overall. And she ends up getting a phone call like, hey, like, you know, we're, we're, like, we're scheduling the closing for your property. And she's like, what closing? <laughs> she had no idea. He had also, you know, uh, went through the whole process of selling the property and thought he could just show up and forge the signatures and, and call it a day. But it's, it's obviously you have to show IDs and it's not that easy. So that must have been fun for her. Uh, but typically what we get, uh, you know, there's violations on a property, as I mentioned before. We don't, we don't care about them. Informational purposes only. The attorneys will have to discuss monetary uh, agreements on the how to take care and, of them. The attorneys and the banks might care, but... The bank will definitely right. care, yeah. Uh, open permits. Most banks will care. Some banks can lend uh, with open permits. They don't care about the municipal searches, which is what encompasses that, that open permit search. And I've even seen some banks that are able to lend on completely non-habitable homes, is, but it'll be a purchase construction loan mm-hmm. and you have to have approved plans to make the property habitable. Uh, which obviously, uh, all the things that we find in title, not ownership, ownership is extremely important, but all of the other uh, things won't matter, uh, like open permits and violations, etc. cetera. Uh, liens are super common, uh, you know, taxes, uh, parking tickets you see all the time. If they find out you have a property and you stop getting that notice in the mail, it's because they put a lien on your property. So don't let that go forever. You know, that'll, that'll get you. Uh, but it's also good to find liens. Uh, for example, when I bought a home in Brooklyn, it's an investment property, one of them, and I didn't care which property I chose. It was down to two. Mm-hmm. And when I did a lien search, I was able to find that there was a $900,000 mortgage on this property, so I did uh, a purchase EMA, as we mentioned before, consolidation, mm-hmm. extension, modification agreement. And all that does, it's a process that you won't have to deal with, the banks will deal with, the attorneys will deal with it. It saved me, I think it was about $7,500 in mortgage tax. Being that it was an investment and numbers mattered, I chose that property. And that's our two family in Bushwick. Gotcha. And, and you know, uh, we started talking about, you know, some things in terms of cost and, you know, mm. the purchase process. Yeah. Um, mortgage uh, or, or title insurance, uh, it, it, it's a fixed cost. Am I correct on that? Yes. Uh, every person in New York City, every title company in New York City will be the same. Whether you go to an underwriter or an agent, we are an agent. We're a top 20 agent in New York City and our underwriters are names that you I'm sure seen on a side of a building somewhere, you know, Fidelity, First American, Chicago, Stewart, Old Republic, and, and, and many others. Uh, but at the end of the day, no matter whether you're an agent or underwriter, we'll all be the same price. It's a percentage of the purchase price in loan amount. Uh, so whether you use us, uh, by far one of the most reputable companies in the city, or you could throw, you know, a dart into a phone book uh, for anyone that's over... 30 phone books or think back <laughs> in the day. Uh, you could pick any company. We're all going to be the same price. So th- that, that's agnostic, right? What's important is having someone that you know, someone that you trust, someone that you know is going to answer. Um, and of course, any one of your buyers or yourself can reach out to me anytime. They can ask me questions. I'm happy to talk to consumers any day about the whole process. I can give them some estimated closing costs. We say estimated because legally we have to, but it's exact. Gotcha. You know, unless the purchase price or loan amount changes, or unless you add a power of attorney, um, or, or unless the county changes, 
right? Then, then those numbers are exact. We will give you a, a, a great idea of what you're going to pay for closing costs, which is important because a million dollar home with 80% down in New York City is $40,000. Right. And you want to know that going going into the whole process. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the, the, you know, the I guess the challenges that, you know, I've certainly had, and I'm sure many other agents have, um, is when to potentially involve you in the process. Right. Um, because, you know, once we actually have uh, an accepted offer, mm -hmm. there's all sorts of things going on. Yes. So, you know, you know, can you talk a little bit about that and how you come into the process and, you know, you know, how, how can it be a little easier maybe? Of know? course. Typically, title insurance gets ordered once your contract is signed on both sides. That's 90% of the time when the attorney will order, your buyer's attorney will order title. He, he gets that signed contract and he'll send the copy to the title company to order title. That's what they use to order. Um, however, I personally love to get involved much earlier because that means I'll, I'll hopefully get the business, you know, and I'm 100% commissioned just like you are. And this is how I make a living. Uh, so uh, the earlier in the process, the better. I mean, you can reach out to me and we would be happy to do these complimentary searches for your buyers anytime. I can check on open permits. I can check on violations. I can check on liens. I can let you know who the last owner of record is. If it's, uh, I mean, on any property, I can let you know if something might potentially be built across the street and block your view in the future. Uh, all of these things will do as a courtesy in order, and, and, and of course, we would just love to earn your business. And the best time to do that is once you have an accepted offer, uh, you CC me in an email with your attorney and say, hey, this is Berto of Langdon Title. We'd like to use him uh, for title insurance on this deal. So once the offer is accepted, it's the best time. You know, and gotcha. attorneys order title because it's customary. There's no law, there's no rule, there's no regulation that says attorneys order title. It's something that has just become customary over the years. But I, the majority, vast majority of my clients are, are real estate agents, are brokers who refer the attorney and they're asking the attorney nicely, hey, once again, CC Desberto, I'm sending you this deal. We'd like to use my guy, you know, um, but ultimately the only person that's legally allowed to choose is the buyer. So keep that in mind as well. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times the buyers, no you know, idea. have no idea. So, if, yeah. so it's an educational process and understanding like the value that you provide and, you yeah. know, and, and, and that information. Um, one thing that I, I know that I used, I've seen in the headlines before, I haven't seen it much in the last few years. Maybe they've changed processes and improved. Yeah. Um, but I remember a number of years back uh, seeing these headlines where um, there were these townhouses in Harlem uh, owned by elderly owners. And they're, you know, I, I guess the properties were through through the city were basically being stolen from them. Um, can, oh God. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, obviously they had to go through some sort of legal process through Department of Finance and getting, you know, some of these things legally changed. Mm -hmm. They might not have had, you know, any kind of uh, a mortgage on it because they bought these things, you know, uh, potentially even generation or two ago. Yeah. You know, so can you talk a little bit about like how title insurance can kind of, you know, uh, impact in those kind of scenarios, whether it's on the, on 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 eventual resale or helping those owners. I mean, the, I, I, I don't know that story, Okay. <laughs> but I would imagine, um, let's, let's say they paid it off years ago and there was no mortgage, so the bank's not foreclosing, right. but you still owe taxes. 
you know, and th these poor elderly people have probably been getting assessed and, and the values of everything is rising in New York, especially over the past 50 years. Uh, so they're, they're, maybe they probably didn't pay their taxes. And, you know, the city is probably slapping liens on their property. And I don't know how they took them back, though. That's yeah, it was some sort of, Ill, it was basically uh, somebody stole the properties out from under them. <laughs> Jesus. And I know that they caught a couple of the, uh, of those situations, but I think a couple of them were still unresolved That's as of wild. like a year or two ago. Yeah, I mean, if they have title insurance, then, that, then they, those owners could have put in a claim. And that title insurance company would have to, you know, would have to defend them legally in court. And even if the title company, for some reason, had gone out of business because it was an agent, um, then the all, all of the policies are written on an underwriter's piece of paper. So maybe you know uh, XYZ title company went out of business, but they wrote it on First American. First American is very much still around, and they will honor that policy. So they would have been protected. Gotcha. Yeah, scary stuff to to hear about some of those things, and I I know that the obvious the, the DA's office was involved in these things. So. Uh, they, yeah, but obviously, you know, it, it's something that you know needed to be taken care of. But apparently, through Department of Finance, you know, the processes are there were weak, and mm. you know they found ways to transfer you know the the property you know oh, illegally. God. That's crazy. And, and steal the property out from under them. So, yeah, apparently there, there's now some sort of additional protections through the Department of Finance. Uh, but I don't know enough of that yeah. story to know all the details. You find the story, send me the link, and I'll <laughs> let you know. Uh, I'll dig into it some more. Gotcha. And we'll, we'll post, like, a comment and uh, in the follow-up or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, these are things that actually have happened in Harlem. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, we know that people are, are going to be interested in that. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. And, and kind of like moving away from like that kind of crazy scenario to more of like an everyday, you know, uh, scenario that we encounter. And, and, you know, more specifically in the properties in Harlem, you might actually see a little bit of it in Brooklyn. SROs, um, mm. you know, th these things are a little bit more complicated. From a title perspective, you know, does that kind of give you any kind of uh, complications or is there anything a little different on your end of the equation? Yeah, I, I wish I had something more exciting for you but once again certificate of occupancy uh the cfo is something that we provide for informational purposes only once again we get blamed for a lot of these things because <laughs> people are like oh like i don't know what the title company is doing they're saying it's a two family when it's a three family or you know an sro comes up and and we're just giving this to the attorney all we're doing is pulling these records and providing them and they can decide what to do with it uh so that's uh, it's 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 a, it, that that ends easier for us, you know. And and you mentioned like some of the costs, you know, for title insurance are related to the bank loan, but mm -hmm. with SROs, a lot of banks won't lend. Yes, you know, so obviously, is you know, a title insurance on an SRO cheaper, you know, as a result? Yeah, because there'll be no lender's policy. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's it's not an exact exact percentage, but you can sort of do the math. Just think of it. I, I'm gonna. I guess round up to be safe, but say it's about $3,500 per million for the purchase price, uh, the owner's policy, I guess, mm -hmm. and about 2,500 per million for the loan. It's probably less for the loan, but at least I'd rather round up and overstate it than understate it. And you that can makes do sense. Math, you know? Yeah. So if you're getting, let's say a $2 million home with a million dollar property, that'd be 
7,000 for the owner's policy and 2,500 for the lender's policy, right? So we're looking at $9,500, but it's probably it's probably less than that. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, oh, and I did mention like before, you can email me anytime with uh, the per the address, the purchase price and the loan amount, and I'll get you those closing costs in a couple hours. Gotcha. Um, I think you've answered all the questions. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we, you know, wrap up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. I think um, one thing that I, I'd love to mention, of course, is that I'm happy to be uh, a resource for anyone. I've been in the real estate industry for a long time, and I'm happy to, to answer questions. Of course, you've got the real estate part. Uh, but the title insurance part or any renovation process, construction process, even some mortgage or credit repair stuff, I'm very well versed in. And I have brokers, investors, developers, and direct buyers reaching out to me every day for estimated closing costs, what's being built across the street, what is the air rights on the property. Um, you know, I saw this thing online. I saw this thing on Property Shark. I saw this thing on DOB. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for my purchase? How's it going to affect it? Affect me when I sell the property? We will happily look into all of this anytime. As I mentioned before, it is a courtesy. We do it as a service. We just want an opportunity to earn uh, to earn your business. And like I mentioned before, we're all the same price, right? So you might as well use someone that is providing value, which is hoping, uh, hopefully me, you know. Uh, we're a top 20 title insurance company in the city. I've been a top producer at every firm I've been a part of in terms of, uh, uh, you know, as, as a sales rep because we do a good job. And uh, yeah, we have 50 people in our back office, six attorneys in our back office. It's one of the most well robustly staffed title companies in the city. Um, and we are we're great at what we do. So we hope we hope to see you. We hope to see you soon. <laughs> awesome. And um, you know, on that note, you know, I'll have your contact information in the notes. Uh, you know, when we release the episode, um, and you know, you know, for the any brokers listening to this, remember, you know, as soon as you have an accepted offer, you know, it's good to you know bring in your 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 title person. And you know, Berto's you know been really great to you know to me and those in my office that. I've worked with so really positive experience and nice. you know so I I can see firsthand you know you know with glowing recommendations <laughs> and obviously you know um you know but yeah the, the time to bring him in is as soon as you have an accepted offer yeah absolutely awesome well you know thank you for joining us Berto and uh this is uh, a wrap another episode of Harlem Stories thank you thank you for your time and I hope you enjoy listening mm -hmm.